Good morning. Welcome to Worship with Emmanuel Lutheran in Story City, Iowa. This is Pastor Kurt Jensen. In this worship service, recorded last Sunday, we hear a message in our fall sermon series, The Amazing Acts of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to invite Kendra up at this time. Kendra is a dear friend and mentor and someone I greatly look up to from the Master's Institute. Yeah. So I'm going to pray for you Thank today you. as you bring the Thank word of you. God to us. All right. Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for bringing our dear friend Kendra here today. We pray that the Holy Spirit would bless her with words and wisdom to speak over us and into us, that what she has to say would sink into our hearts, and that we would feel and be moved by the power of the Holy yes. Spirit today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Allison. So much fun to be here with you today. Thank you, thank you for the privilege of being with you. I got to hang out with teenagers this morning, and one of the things that you may not know about me is, um, teenagers, you are my favorite people group. I was so surprised that people weren't lined up for the donuts even before I got there. Something might have changed since I was a youth director and a youth pastor. But um, to be with you, to see the children, to hear them sing, to be in the Lord's house, to open God's word together, what a beautiful privilege it is for us, especially after having been locked away for so long, right? It's good to be together. Thank you to the youth who um, did welcome me into their time together, and um, especially for Jacoby and Ben and for Healy. Uh, you guys really made me feel welcome, and thank you to you too, Cassidy, for the reading of the scripture this morning. Allison had a couple of good riddles for us this morning. I think I might have one too. What's an assignment that doesn't get put on your calendar? Well, it might not actually be that clever, but the assignments of the Holy Spirit. That's what today's message is called, the Holy Spirit assignments. Now, I don't know if you guys all use your phones for these kinds of assignments or for any kind of assignments, but my phone is full of all kinds of different assignments that I have going on, and I look at this crazy thing sometimes three, four, five times a day. I set timers on my phone so that I don't miss the next appointment, the next assignment. Allison, as a seminary student, she's got reminders from our Google Classroom that pops up all the time to tell her what her next assignment is. Assignment, assignment, assignment. But the assignments of the Holy Spirit, while they may be scheduled in the heavenlies, they don't fit on our calendar. Because they're things that while the Spirit is anticipating, the Spirit is moving, we don't know it yet. And every single one of you here who has given your life to Jesus Christ, every single one of you here who has been filled with the Spirit of God, has had kingdom assignments, whether you realized it or not. I've had kingdom assignments that I've missed. I've had kingdom assignments that once they passed, I went, I had no idea that God was setting me up for a kingdom assignment. I'm gonna give you two quick examples so that you can see what I mean, and perhaps for yourselves, you'll be able to start imagining some of these and recalling some of these own, your own assignments. So years ago, my daughter Kayla, um, my husband Rob and I, we've been married for almost 38 years. 
We've got three grown children and three beautiful children-in-loves, that's what I like to call them. Children-in-law just sounds so legal. Children-in-love. We have three beautiful grandsons. I think two of them might be watching at home because they're actually with Grandpa this weekend. So if you want to pray for anybody, you can pray for my husband while he's taking care of the grandsons because I left this morning at 5 a.m. to come and be with you. <laughs> my daughter Kayla, she's our oldest. And when Kayla was in preschool, she had two friends, Kaylee and Kylie. And they were all little blonde girls, Kaylee, Kylie, and Kayla. Try to say that eight times fast. Kayla, Kylie, and Kayla. And one of them, now the story's going to get a little sad, Kylie developed leukemia. And when my daughter was in sixth grade, Kylie, who was in remission now, was in her classroom. And she was so excited that Kylie was in her classroom because they hadn't seen her much. Well, the leukemia came back, and now Kylie needed to be out of the classroom, but she was taking classes from home. And every now and then, they would put her on speakerphone. Sorry, kids, this was before Zoom days or video FaceTime days. They would put her on speakerphone, and everyone was so happy to hear Kylie's voice. And we thought Kylie was getting better. But a year later, she died. And the church was filled with young people who had come to celebrate Kylie's life that was snatched away far too young. And it was filled with these mylar helium balloons, you know, the kind that are real shiny and have big signs on them, things that said love and celebrate and life and hope. And every friend of Kylie's got to take home a mylar balloon. Well, my daughter Kayla took that mylar balloon home and it hung in her room until it couldn't stand up anymore because the helium had lost its effect. And then she took it and she flattened it and she stuck it up on her closet wall. And every day I would go into Kayla's room and I would see this mylar balloon remembering her friend Kylie. Well, one beautiful fall day, I just happened to be driving down the road and all of a sudden Kylie popped into my memory. It was a beautiful fall day, like the sun was shining on all of the red and the yellow and the green and the brown and just beautiful fall day. And I thought to myself, I should call Kylie's mom and let her know that several years after her death, that mylar balloon was still taped up on the closet door of my daughter's bedroom. And then I thought to myself, no, Kylie's birthday's in the spring. I think I'll wait. No, let me say that differently. I got that wrong. I decided, nope, Kylie died in the fall, but her Kylie died in the spring, and I didn't know that her birthday was in the fall. There, I got that right. Say that again so you're following me, because I confused myself, and it wasn't a riddle. Kylie's birthday was in the fall. I didn't know it. She had died in the spring. And so I decided that I would wait and write that note or make that phone call to Kylie's mom around the time of her death, because having lost my own loved ones, I knew but that was a painful time. The next day, on KTIS Christian Radio, was dedicated in the memory of Kylie Green on her birthday. And if I had stopped that day, that beautiful fall day, when I was driving down the road and, her, and a thought of her life popped into my mind, if I had stopped and written that note and dropped it in the mail, her mother would have gotten it on her birthday. I missed a kingdom assignment. 
I'm gonna share one more. When my husband and I were dating, uh, he sat right behind me in the freshman choir. I told my mother he was the cutest boy on campus. I'm pretty sure he was. Still is pretty cute, actually, 38 years later. And, but when we were dating, um, I was living in Alexandria, Minnesota, which is where my family's from. He was living up in North Dakota on the farm where his family is from, and he called me one time and he said, hey, why don't you come up for the weekend and just hang out? So sweet, okay. So I had this really old car, super cool old Cadillac car that I paid $600 for, yes indeed. Men and women, it could be done back then. I jumped in my old Cadillac and I drove all the way up I-94 to Hillsboro, North Dakota to spend the weekend with my husband and his, my boyfriend and his family. And lo and behold, what do you think would happen on the way there? Flat tire. Well, I am uh, one of four children in my family, three brothers, so dad taught all of us simultaneously how to change a tire, so no big deal. Flat tire, get out, change the tire, jump back in, off I go off to Hillsboro, North Dakota to spend the weekend with my boyfriend and his family. Fun weekend, on my way back to Alexandria, Minnesota in my little old Cadillac, what do you think happens? Flat tire, except now I didn't have a spare because why would I stop hanging out with this cute boy to go get a tire fixed, right? Flat tire. Okay, so I pull over to the side of the road, think, 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 what am I gonna do, what am I gonna do? And I looked off in the distance, and I saw this farmhouse kind of over the field, off in the trees, I could see this farmstead, and I thought, I'm gonna jump the fence, walk through the field, knock on the door, and see if somebody's home that would help me. So I did. Knock, knock, knock on the door. And this young mother with a baby in her arms and two little toddlers wrapped around her legs timidly peeks around the corner, not sure whether or not she should answer the door. She was all alone. Her husband was an over-the-road truck driver. And she had been alone for two weeks. And she had a sick child She'd hardly had any sleep. She was exhausted. And when she realized that it was another young woman and that I was safe, I had no big guys hanging around in the bush ready to pounce on her, she started to share her story and her woes and she cried and we hugged and we prayed. And I had no idea that God was setting me up with a Holy Spirit assignment. She drove me into town. My mom picked me up there, drove me the rest of the way to Alexandria, and that's history. My point is, Holy Spirit assignments don't get written on our calendar, but they're there. And we might even want to make space in our calendars so that when the Holy Spirit is moving, we can stop, take notice, act, and respond. This is exactly what was happening in this text in Acts chapter 8 that Cassidy read earlier. This is what's been happening all the way through the stories that you've been going through in the book of Acts. And thank you, Dr. Luke, for taking the time to write all of these stories down so that when we find this happening in our lives, we can point back to these stories and say, this is indeed how God works. This is indeed how God acts. 
And this is indeed what God is calling us into, a partnership with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God's Holy Spirit is the same Spirit that we see from the very beginning of the story. In in Genesis chapter 1, we see that God's Spirit is hovering over the chaos to bring order, to cooperate with the Father and the Son to bring life. We see that God's Spirit is the one that anoints King David to be raised up to rule, King David of the family of Jesus. We see in the New Testament that it's the same Holy Spirit that brings life into a virgin's womb so that a Savior can be born. And we see in the Savior's baptism when John the Baptist dunks him down into the River Jordan that the same Holy Spirit comes like a dove and lits upon him while the Father speaks, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. The Gospels tell us that it is the same Spirit of God by which Jesus could live his life fully God and fully man. Did you know that Jesus lived his life fully dependent on the Spirit? That's what we get to do. And Jesus was so excited for the disciples to meet, to encounter this Holy Spirit, that when he comes into the upper room after his resurrection, the first thing he says is, peace be to you. Which was a good thing because they thought he was dead and he had just shown up in the room. The second thing he does is he breathes on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. This is the same Spirit that shows up in Acts chapter 2 at Pentecost. And I've listened to the sermons on this series, how they busted out into the streets and over 3,000 people came to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior because the Spirit of God had shown up in such demonstrated power, such beautiful authority, knowledge that they could not have had on their own. And we see this happening over and over and over again in the book of Acts. And here we are in Acts chapter 8. This is a crazy, supernatural story. One that might really blow our minds. But if we are Jesus followers filled with God's spirit, and Ephesians chapter one tells us that the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is alive in us, calls it immeasurable greatness to those who believe. That's Ephesians chapter one, verse, uh, let me look quick, 19. The immeasurable greatness to those who believe, that is God's power in our lives. Then we should not be surprised that God's spirit can do this in the life of one who is searching. In this passage in Acts chapter eight, we have Philip, who was one of the seven deacons who had been chosen in Acts chapter seven, had been chosen in order to help lead the Hellenistic care for the Hellenistic Jews, the Hellenistic women and orphans, so that the apostles could do the preaching and the teaching that they were called to do, spend their time in prayer. He's in Samaria. Now Samaria was, as you may know, a part of Israel that had fallen to the Assyrians hundreds of years earlier. And when the people who lived in that area mingled with the Assyrians, they became known as half-breeds to the Jews. Known as half-breeds to the Jews, 
they were considered unclean. They did not get along well. And the Jewish people would not want to go through Samaria because it was an unclean territory in their minds. Unless you were in a hurry, because otherwise you had to cut way across toward the sea, or you had to cut way across the Jordan River to not go through Samaria. We find Philip in Samaria. Now Philip was probably in Samaria because he was part of the diaspora after the stoning of Stephen. And you learned about that last week as Kurt was sharing the, the persecution that was in the church. But Philip was ready to respond to all of the different movements of the Lord. In fact, I'm going to turn to that text right now and give us an opportunity to see what is happening around it. Because before the text that Cassidy read, we see that Philip is preaching in Samaria and that miracles are happening. Great healing is happening. The Holy Spirit is showing up and baptizing those in God's power for their lives. We see that there is understanding and misunderstanding of this work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. It was already happening there. Philip was already ready. Philip was already responsive. Philip was already tuned to what the Spirit of God was doing. And when God acts, he was ready to respond. So the Spirit of God says to Philip, go over to that chariot, or some translations call it a carriage, that you see. And he goes, and he realizes that there's an Ethiopian who is reading the text of Isaiah. This text from Isaiah 53 is telling the Ethiopian about the Jesus who was to come, as prophesied through Isaiah. And Philip says to him, do you understand? How can I, how can I understand if I don't have someone who can, who can share and help me understand? So Philip not only helps him understand the text that he was reading at the moment, but helps him understand how the text points to Jesus, not just to Jesus' life on earth, but to Jesus' life for this Ethiopian eunuch. Now in Jewish tradition, in their cleanliness laws, an Ethiopian was an outcast, a Gentile. But furthermore, a eunuch was somebody who was considered unclean because they were mutilated. Somebody who was considered unclean because they were not able to be fruitful. But the text, as it goes on from Isaiah 53 to Isaiah 57, 56, says this. Do not let the foreigner joined to the Lord say, the Lord will surely separate me from his people. And do not let the eunuch say, I am just a dry tree. For thus says the Lord, to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath, who choose the things that please me and hold fast to my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than the sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servant, who keep all the Sabbaths and do not profane it and hold fast to my, to my covenant, 
These I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted in my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. What the Spirit of God was doing through Philip was not just to bring the gospel, but to bring the gospel to those who the Jews had thought could not receive it. The Spirit of God was busting out into the scene to give them an opportunity to see that what God had started at the beginning was not just for the Jews, but that the Jews were the light to the Gentiles to bring the kingdom of God, the power of God through the life of the Holy Spirit to the whole world. And because Philip knew the word, Philip was ready. Because Philip was filled with the Spirit, Philip was ready to be responsive. Because Philip was ready with a yes, a fearless yes to the Spirit. Philip was ready. I have something at home that I keep in my office, and I brought it to share with you. It says fearless. It reminds me to be this kind of Jesus follower that Philip was to be filled with the Spirit and to be responsive for Holy Spirit assignments that will come over and over and over again, whether they are in my calendar or not. And this is our invitation to look at what Philip was doing, which was, yes, indeed radical, and to know that the Spirit is radical and calls us to respond with immediacy calls us to respond with a prepared heart and with a prepared mind to be as fearless as Philip was. And so brothers and sisters in Christ, this is our invitation. As Philip was ready, we get to be ready. It says after they had encountered one another and the eunuch had given his life to Christ, And they came upon water and said, what is to keep me from being a part of this family now? I want to be baptized now. They were ready, and Philip baptized him. And as Philip was baptizing him, he was caught up and on his way to the next Holy Spirit assignment. The Spirit does not waste anything in our lives. And we get to be fearless like Philip and ready like Philip and responsive like Philip. So let me end with one more quick story. Sometimes I get it right. Sometimes I miss it completely. Sometimes I'm completely surprised. And sometimes I'm ready. I'd been asking the Lord to give me eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit is doing so that I would be ready when the Spirit of God prompts, when the Spirit of God leaves, so that I would be fearless, like Philip was fearless. And I was in Costco one day. Any of you guys shop at Costco? I was in Costco one day, and I got in the shortest line. You guys like to get in the shortest line? I got in the shortest line, and I only had about four or five things. So I was in a hurry, snap, snap. And wouldn't you know it, the shortest line had the most troubles. So there were three people in front of me, and the person that was at the checkout had, I don't know what the problem was, but they had to get the manager, call him over, and it was taking forever. And I'm watching, and I'm starting to get a little impatient. 
but I'm watching the clerk at the cash register, and she is kind, and she is peaceful, and she is cheerful, and she is patient. I'm thinking, wow, that's really beautiful. Well, wouldn't you know it, the second person has a problem. And this kind, cheerful, patient clerk, same smile, helping them through. And it took quite a long time. Ah, okay, I'm watching her and I'm thinking, wow, she's really a beautiful soul. So then the next person gets up, has a problem. Like, how could this possibly happen? Three people in a line of four, I'm the fourth, all three of them have had a problem. I've spent like 10 minutes waiting for this thing to get done here. And she is kind and patient and cheerful and helpful. And I'm watching her and I'm thinking, she looks like Jesus to me. I wish I was more like her. And so I get up to the front, and I've only got four or five things, right? So she whips me through real quick, and I wanted to say something, but I felt a little weird. And, and as I'm walking away, I said, man, Lord, what was different about her? Because I caught her eyes when she handed, my, my, handed me my receipt. And I'm like, even her eyes look bright and full of life and loving and kind. And I'm walking away, and the Lord says to me, go back and tell her that you see Jesus in her. I'm like, oh, no. Not doing that. No, 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 no. And the Lord said, Kendra, you have been asking for eyes to see and ears to hear what my spirit is saying. Go back and tell her. I'm like, oh, Lord, can we just skip this one, please? You know how you start negotiating when you hear the Lord speaking in your life. Can we skip this one, please? And the Lord's like, no, you've been asking. I'm speaking. Go back and tell her. I'm like, oh, I'm going to regret this if I don't do it. Okay. We could tuck this thing away right now because I'm not feeling that. So, so I sh- kind of sheepishly go back. I turn around, and here she is with another person with a problem. I'm not making this up. The manager has come over to help, and she is kind, and she is cheerful, and she is helpful, and she is patient. And so I'm standing behind her feeling pretty awkward, like standing there looking like maybe I have a problem, watching her, unbelievable. And I'm thinking, I don't even know how to break in. She's so busy. The lines have stacked up now. But I wanted to be fearless, like Philip was fearless. And so in a flash second in between customers, I put my hand gently on her shoulder, and she turned around and looked at me with the same bright eyes that had surprised me the first time. And I said, I've been watching you and the way that you have been kind and patient and cheerful and helpful. And I just want to say, I think I see Jesus in you. And she looked at me with these big eyes and they started to well up in tears. And she said, that is the kindest thing anyone has ever said to me. And that was it. She went back to work. I went off on my way. But the text that Cassidy read earlier says when their encounter was over, the Ethiopian and Philip went on their way rejoicing. And that's how I felt. And I could see it in her eyes that that's how she felt. It took courage for me to do the simplest little thing that might bless somebody else's life. 
and I had no idea how much God was in the midst of it until I took the step to be fearless, to step out, to do something that was for somebody else, to say yes to God on behalf of others. God has Holy Spirit assignments for you this week. God is calling you, calling me, calling us to be fearless like this. And God wants to use you not only to bring rejoicing in your life, but rejoicing in the lives of others. Will you be ready? Let's be ready. And let's pray. Thank you, Father God, for the way that you are continually at work. Thank you, Father God, for the way that you have blessed us with your spirit. Thank you, Father God, for giving us Jesus' life. Thank you, Father God, for the immeasurable riches, the great inheritance of your spirit in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that your spirit speaks and moves. And thank you, Lord, that you have given us the courage, the fearlessness to respond. I pray, Lord, this week that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear what your spirit is doing and saying that we may be like Philip and bring life through your spirit to others. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to worship from Emmanuel Lutheran in Story City, Iowa, recorded last weekend. You can find out more about our congregation and listen to messages anytime at emmanuelstorycity.org, our YouTube channel, our Facebook page, and our iTunes podcast. This is Pastor Kurt Jensen. May the Holy Spirit inspire you to speak and act as part of God's kingdom mission. Have a great week.